This is Nick Solak with the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. This is manager Chris Woodward from the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is Winter is on Us. We're going to talk about off-season stuff in the winter. We also played the home run game. We played that, uh, the home run game with Elvis Andrus the last day I was there. I'm going to play that one for you also. But then we're going to go into the questions that people ask and go over the winter and what's going on now that the World Series is over. We're going to do all of that right after this. This is Willie Calhoun of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Okay, everybody, we're back, and we are going to talk. Winter is on us, but right now I want to do something. It's something I've done a couple of times, and I've played this game with uh, Elvis Sandris. A lot of you know about that. Elvis, um, I played the home run game. I've played it with a few of them. i played it with Elvis. Elvis, the question is, uh, do you remember the first time you ever hit a home run over the fence? And if you do, how old were you? Where was it? How you did it? Um, and then I got a plug from him. So we're going to play that real quick. Elvis was kind enough the last week, the last game uh, before the game. He sat down. It was actually the second to the last game before that, and he sat down with me and did it. So I want to play that first, and then we'll get into the winter upon us, and then we will get into the um, – right after that, we'll get into the uh, the questions and everything coming up. But first, let's get to Elvis. Okay. Hey, it's the Recliner here. I'm with Elvis Andrus of the Texas Rangers. I'm going to play a game called the Home Run Game. I played with a few guys in here. You've hit home runs in the major leagues, minor leagues. you played since you were a kid. As a guy myself, it hit one home run over a fence my whole life. I obviously remember it. Can you remember the very first time you ever hit a ball over a fence? How old were you and where was it? I was 11, and I was in international competition uh, in Venezuela. And in the final against Cuba, I hit the first time I hit a bomb. Like I hit up, you know, the ball over the fence. Did you pull it, center field? What did you do? You remember where it pull went? Pull it. I pull it. You pull it. Yeah. Okay. From that day until this year, the one ball, whether it's minor league, major, whatever, the one ball you hit. Do you remember that the moment you hit it, you were like, "Holy crap! I just got a hold of that one." There's a few, but there's one. Uh, the one I hit this year in uh, in Milwaukee. Oh yeah. Against uh, the the lefty, yeah, that was that was pretty good. Moment, moment you barreled it, you know. Ah, oh, as soon as it hit it, I was like, wow, that's that's a good one. Okay, that's the game. I want to get one quick plug, if you can, just say, hey, this is Elvis Anderson of the Texas Rangers, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation's podcast. Hey, this is Elvis Andrew for the Texas Ranger, and you're listening to the Texas Ranger podcast. The Rangers Nation. Podcast. Oh, Rangers Nation. Yeah. This is Elvis Andrew of the Texas Ranger, and you're listening to the Ranger. Uh, Okay. What do you say? The Rangers Nation podcast. Ranger Nation. Okay. Ranger Nation. This is Elvis Andrew of the Texas Ranger, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Okay. Thank you, Elvis. That's Elvis Andrews of the Texas Rangers. Guys, this is the first podcast that we're going to do uh, on the offseason. This one's called Winter is On Us, is what it's called. I went out on Twitter. I went to uh, some of the Facebook groups, and I asked some questions. Look, the World Series, it was a great World Series. For some of us, it was a good World Series that we wanted the uh, Washington Nationals 
obviously to win if you were a true ranger fan and and the astros as uh, what you feel is the astros is the uh, is the the biggest uh competitor or the uh you know the the rangers uh what am i trying to say here guys the 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 the, the your your rival your rivalry is 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 the is the Houston Astros. That's the way I feel about it. I, I, I didn't mind the Astros in their National League. Now they're in the American League. They're in the West. They're a rival. I think all teams in the West, you, it depends on how you feel about it. I wanted to see the Nationals win. They won it. The day after the Nationals won, technically everyone could uh, could go out for free agency, right? So you could, you could have filed for free agency. They're in a five-day dead period right now. Uh, that's going on right now, the five-day dead period. So what's going to happen after that? I believe Tuesday is is you either so, – so clubs, uh, players can file for free agency They right now within this five, five days. They can do it. Clubs are allowed right now to negotiate with their players only their players that have filed for free agency on their team. And they also can exercise an option whether or not they're going to exercise the option or not. Now, a couple of things have happened. Steve Strasburg, uh, he has uh, – Opted out, so he he did that. Now we know that he is actually a free agent. Um, we know that uh, that uh, Garrett Cole's a free agent. We know a lot of the other free agents they'll be filing. Uh, things are really going to start kind of kicking off. I, I wrote a I, I wrote a thing about the uh, the off season uh, calendar on Dallas Sports Nation. If you go to Dallas Sports Nation, you watch it. Uh, I did write something there about the 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 uh, off season and the calendar to follow the calendar and what dates are coming up. So Tuesday. Everyone's free to sign anywhere they want to. And you can go down that calendar after that. I don't have it in front of me, the dates that start happening. They're going to start announcing uh, start announcing some of the the uh, the winter uh, or some of the Gold Glove Award comes up, I believe, on the, the – that may be the, tomorrow, the Gold Glove, or that's going to be announced today. Then they're going to start announcing other stuff after that. But one of the things that we did um, is we asked for questions. And I figured that what we do is get into some of these off-season moves and we go through the questions, what people have asked, and try to answer these questions. Um, and I'll answer them. Um, I'm not one of the experts, obviously. I do have some credentials, and that's fine, but that doesn't mean I know everything. So uh, I asked for your questions about off-season moves. What do you think we want to do? And let's talk about it there and where we're going to go. The first one, uh, another one of our Dallas Sports Nation uh, writers is JC from Dallas Sports Nation. He, he, he writes for the Rangers. He's also credentialed to ask, should we consider going after Cheerio? Uh, Chirianos after the performance he had in Houston. Uh, Robinson, Robinson Chirino, uh, Chiriano, Chirino, Robinson Chirino. Um, he's asking if we should go after him after his performance in Houston, uh, Robinson Chirino. I mean, look, Chirino is an obvious upgrade from, uh, I mean, unbelievably obvious upgrade is Chirino from uh from what we had, we had Jeff Mathis. Uh, a lot of the year, we we had a uh, Fedorovich, which was up, and then we had at the very end of the year, we had uh, Trevino that came up and who actually did good. Um, Trino's an upgrade. It depends on the price. Right now, we're trying to get some money down. We've got money to spend elsewhere. So you saw some of these. Um, we didn't pick up options on a few guys, uh, Nate Jones, uh, Sean, um, and a couple of guys that we got rid of because we're trying to clear some money on the on the salary. So so that's gone. So Torino, depending on what Torino's is going to sign for, sure he's an upgrade for what's going on. But I don't think the Rangers' biggest need right now is catcher. If we were to get rid of now, Matt, it, it would be great if Mathis would just retire and go into coaching, and then obviously uh, Torino's somebody you could consider bringing in to uh, to be a backup catcher. But there's other guys, Grandel. <laughs> is going to be a free agent, so Grundell can be someone that we could look at. Um, there, there's, other, there's other things that, that we could do and listen to 
at catcher, and catcher's not a pressing need. So I would I would love to have Chirinos back at the right price, but who goes? I think what they're looking at right now going into spring training, unless let's see what the winner does. Let's see what happens on the winner, and, let, and let's see what happens. But I think, obviously, that, that Trevino has played good enough at the very last month, um, and it's to, to say that he's probably going to go in as the starting catcher. He he's It's his job to lose going into spring training. Mathis was not expected to, to – he has caught the most games he's caught in like seven years. Uh, he caught this year. He's only expected to catch about 50 games. That's what he's for. You want a catcher that can catch 120 to 30 games, and then Jeff Mathis is the guy that spells him on the day game after the night game. Uh, Mathis is supposed to be tutoring these guys and tootling these guys. That's what he's supposed to be doing. So um, he hit horrible. It was 156, I think is what he batted. Anyway, so, yes, Torino's at the right price. I would love to have Torino's back, but I don't want to go spend. He made $4 million this year. I don't want to spend $4 million on a catcher. I got money to spend somewhere else. We're going to go into that, some of these other other questions. On Twitter, Ranger News, I think if y'all don't know who Ranger News is, you need to, to go follow Ranger News on Twitter. But he asked, what is plan B if we don't get Rendon or Cole? So I think everyone knows that plan A technically is to, to go after Garrett Cole. And uh, to go after uh, Rendon at third base, they're not going to do both. It's That's not going to happen. They're not going to spend that much money. They don't have that much money. Um, I think that uh, right now Evan Grant said something about management's looking at going up maybe uh, – Another $30 million from where they are this year. They've got some room. Depending on who they get rid of this winter, who they trade off, there's obviously some money. You've got Chu. If you keep Chu, he's worth $21 million, $23 million this year. If you were to trade Chu, eat some of that, maybe you could drop 10 or 15 of that off, depending on where he goes. He might be attractive to somebody who feels they're one good bat away um, from getting there and only having to have Chu for one year. It might be somebody that, that – that could take some more salary off of there. We've also got arbitration guys. So some of these guys are up. Joey Gallo's up for arbitration. we got a lot of people that are up for arbitration. Those guys are going to cost some of that money too. So that's really going to depend. So what's plan B? Well, here's plan um, Plan B is this, if you can't get Cole. First of all, we've got two good starting pitchers. We've got Lance Lynn and we've got uh, Mike Minor. Both of them, you put both of those two up against any of them that were in the World Series, they hold their own. Now, are they as good as uh, Garrett Cole? No, it's not as good as Garrett Cole or Strasburg, either one. Uh, but they will hold their own. They're, you know, These are two good pitchers to have in your rotation. Uh, Miner's essentially an ace. I mean, uh, you know, he's essentially an ace. But all you need to go with that, we need probably two more good starting pitchers that can eat some innings. If one of them is a true, absolute ace, and you go three deep, you can go in any playoff run. All you need is three deep to go. But I think the Rangers are looking for two deep. And there's a couple ways you can go. You go out and get uh, Garrett Cole, that's going to cost you 30 to $35 million a year. He's probably going to be signed for at least eight years, seven to eight years, I would imagine. They're gonna, Rangers would have to overpay to get Cole. Take that money that 30 to 35 million and if you can take that and turn that into two pitchers maybe a Dallas Keuchel um, and someone like a you know who 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 else is lower on that tier but but behind da- Dallas o- Odorizzi or some um Odorizzi that from Minnesota or someone in there you get a couple of those guys now look we've got Allard Burke and Palumbo those three are serviceable and those are good starters to have towards the back but they're not proven i really think that it's better if we have four pitchers that we know are rotation going into it and not 
two guys coming off of um, Tommy John like we did this year because we had no clue. They weren't ready yet. We didn't know what they were going to do, and we saw the results that came out of that. But if we have four pitchers that pitched all last year starting the rotation, and you have those three that are coming in, Allard, uh, Burke and Palumbo competing for that fifth spot. Then you got someone like Hernandez who can come into the bullpen and be more of a long guy. I mean, look, he was throwing great too. He may not be a starter. You've also got, uh, uh, you, you know, we've got a few arms there that we can use to, uh, in that situation, to to go it, to be that deep. You need that deep. Some of them can go back down into AAA and be starters if they don't make it. Say Palumbo takes the fifth spot. You can take Allard and Burke and move them to, to uh, Nashville right away. And those are two good arms to come up and spot start or if someone were to go down and something like that. But um, as far as third base goes, everyone says if we don't get Rendon, maybe we go out and we go get um, – Donaldson um, could be. I mean, that, that's Donaldson won't sign for as much. He's probably only going to get a two- or three-year deal because he's 34 years old. They're not going to sign him to a long-term deal. Um, Rendon's another one that if you get Rendon, then you're, you're going to have to go cheaper somewhere else. I really think that, that plan B would be something like a Donaldson, maybe a Moustakis, maybe even someone lower tier than that and a couple of good pitchers because, look, the, the, the on-base percentage probably is our biggest thing. We got to knock down the strikeouts and get our on base percentage up. And anything, as long as you've got a, a a pitcher who can hold someone to four runs or under through six innings, you're in every game. That's all you need. And every once in a while, everyone's going to get nailed. Look at Cole. Cole pitched in Texas that uh, one of the last times out. He didn't get the loss because the Astros ended up winning. But the the Astros, uh, the Rangers beat him around there and got five or six runs on him. And then the Astros came back and ended up winning that game. So. Um, you know that that's that's an option. That's possibly a, a plan B. Now we got Roland. Uh, Roland asks, "Hey, do we get Strasburg if he opts out? Do we get Strasburg? Um, could be. I don't know. Look, you've got Cole or you've got Strasburg. Strasburg in his situation, he's older. He's two years older than Garrett Cole. He's not going to find sign for seven or eight years. He's got." Four years at $25 million, so he's got four years at $100 million. He's obviously got to go over that. We're probably looking at somewhere five or six years on him. If he can get five or six years, $25 to $30 million, um, that's going to put him at more money. On top of that, it's going to put him at $130 to, to $50 million, somewhere in that area. Sure, there is there is a chance. Now, he would be... He might be their top target. It depends. He would come cheaper than Cole would, and we wouldn't have as much wrapped into him. Maybe somewhere in there you put another option in there, but he would be a lot older at that point. Uh, he would be older because you're talking about taking a guy at 31 and towards the end of this contract being 30, 35, 36, 37. Uh, hey, you know what? That That's not bad. If he's if he's deep, if he's down in your rotation, if uh, Palumbo steps up and becomes a true ace, everyone thinks he's kind of like a Mike Miner. He misses a lot of bats and come in there, and then your your third or fourth pitcher is someone like Strasburg when he's older. Man, you don't have nothing to complain about there. Okay, Sean Daniel. Sean Daniel, which big-name free agents might the Rangers have the best shot at silent? signing? Cole, Rendon, he's got Bumgarner, et cetera. Which of the big-name big free agents do the Rangers have the best shot at signing? Um, you know, they really have all of them, but I, if I had to lay odds on it, lay a bet on if you're talking about a huge big name um, and uh, one of the bigger names that, that that's going to be there, um, if I had to uh, if I had to make a guess um, on one of those, uh, Sean, I think that probably someone like Wheeler, 
Wheeler has a really good shot. Uh, Rendon or Wheeler are the two that, that I would say you probably have your best shot at possibly getting. Um, none of them are out of the picture, and I'm not going to close the door and say they can't get Cole and they can't get Rendon. And they, you know, but I think Wheeler uh, is probably a good second tier they might look at. Um, I also think Rendon is somebody, if they really were going to pour the money out on somebody, I really think Rendon might be it, and they might go a little bit. Because uh, having – look – you guys got to compare this back to when they signed Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre was 29 years old. Uh, coming out of 2011, everyone thought we were going to sign uh, Lee. Remember, we were going after Lee after he had got us to the World Series. Lee spurned us, went back to the uh, Phillies. Uh, him and his wife really liked it there. And all of a sudden, Beltre, who everyone assumed was going to the Angels, uh, spurned the Angels when the Rangers stepped up to the plate and paid more. And look what we got from Beltre. We had a solid third baseman. That's what Rendon is, and they're the same age going into that. So, yeah, I think, honestly, I believe that that, that uh, maybe the biggest name that they have a chance of getting is probably going to be Rendon. But if my money was on something, maybe someone like a Wheeler or a Keuchel um, that's going to be a little bit cheaper, that might be somebody they go on. Um, Ronald. Ronald says, hey, name three under-the-radar free agents that the Rangers should sign this offseason. Under-the-radar that they should sign. Uh, you know, there's somebody that I've kind of uh, – that, that, that nobody – Howie Kendrick, um, he's the, the hero of the World Series. Uh, that's a guy that's played all over the infield. He's a right-handed bat. Um, he's solid. He could be a DH, even a DH, but he plays all over. He played first base when he first came up with the Angels. Um, that's somebody that's kind of below the radar no one's talking about. He is older. Uh, but that's a free agent that someone – that the Rangers might might look at. Um, although we've got some utility guys, that's the thing. We got some young utility guys that would obviously be cheaper uh, under the radar. Um, you know, under the radar, Odorizzi uh, coming from Minnesota might be someone that the, that they're looking at who was solid, was an All Star, and then kind of struggled a little bit. But that's another name. He eats innings and gets out there. That's another name that you could be looking at. Maybe, I mean, possibly, um, you know, you could be looking at someone like Jose Abreu. Uh, the 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 big first baseman that plays for the Chicago White Sox. Um, we could do an upgrade at first base. I really love Condor over there. I really love him. I think he's a great guy. I've talked to him many times. He's just unbelievably big smiles and everything that goes into it. Uh, but those are a couple of names that are out there that that no one's talking about that could possibly that could possibly make their way. So you got you've got to think of that. Clayton Johnson. Clayton Johnson asks, hey, do you think Cole Hamels is a legit option? He absolutely is a legit option. Yes, he is. Uh, Cole Hamels, as, um, I'm, I'm thinking Cole Hamels, he got $20 million this year. You can probably get him for 15 or below um, at his age. He's 36. If you can get a two-year uh, two year $30 million deal for Cole, he's, he, imagine him being your fourth pitcher. Cole, Cole Hamels. I mean, you're not dependent on him to do what Miner and Lynn are doing. You're not dependent on him to do what maybe a Garrett Cole or a or a uh, Zach Wheeler's doing. But that's a that's a name to throw out there that could be. He could be a legit option. And if he was your third or fourth pitcher, the form that he has shown and is capable of showing, he doesn't throw as hard as he did. But boy, he moves the ball around and really picks his spots and goes. Look, that is somebody that I think that. That, that is is legit. I, and I would not have a problem with the Rangers signing Cole Hamels. I don't have a problem with it. Now, I don't want them signing Cole Hamels to a six-year deal. That's stupid. He's 36 years old. But if they want to come in and get a couple years out of Cole Hamels, I think he liked the area. 
Uh, he did well for the Cubs. You saw what he did after that. Everybody's mad at him because he didn't do good here. Uh, and then he went to the Cubs when we traded him off. We didn't get a lot for him, and he ended up doing real well for the Cubs and took them far in the playoffs. That's fantastic, and that's good for him. It's it shows that that uh, it, you know look he he said that it wasn't the Cubs that that turned him around. He was on the verge of turning it around right before he got traded, and it doesn't help that all the talk about him being traded was part of it too. So yes, I do like Cole. I think he is a he is a legit one. Okay, Richard Corrigan. Richard Corrigan, what do what do the players think this team needs to get over the hump and get back to the playoffs? I don't know. I've talked to them. I mean, they look, they're all going to say the same thing, the same line. They're going to talk the same line. You know, we need to be better at, at, at this, and we need to be better at that. I think these guys, the the ones that are, that are there, um, know what they need to improve on. Even – even Odor, Odor will tell you what he needs to improve on, right? So we know that Odor needs to stop the strikeouts. The, you know, if, if look, if his if his average is going to stay two, he's at what ended at two oh six. If he's going to stay two oh six to two thirty down that low on base percentage, he's got to skyrocket. That means he's got to walk more. He's got to be more selective at the plate. I don't think any of us have an issue with uh, with. With Ruggie Odor, if he's walking, his on-base percentage is close to 400, and his ops goes up over 800, and he's hitting 220 to 230, that's a great second baseman. Around it's it's probably a Gold Glove second baseman, but that's something that he hasn't done. He's been horrible, and he couldn't catch up to the fastball. Uh, I heard uh, Tepid uh, uh, Michael Tep is Durkin's his name, but Tepid Participation talk about it. You know that he's he. Tepid's like a scout. You listen to this guy talk; it's amazing. But he said he was opening up too much and going in the leg kick. When it when he brought the leg kick down a little bit, he was quicker to the fastball because he wasn't on the fastball, and the fastball was eating him alive. And so, um, you know, honestly, that that's something that Odor's got to do. So, so, the, but the players themselves know what they've got to do. Look at Condor. Condor knows that he has got to be better. He cannot. He's got to get on base more. He's got to be more selective. You know, he's he knows what he's got to do. Elvis Andrus knows that he had good power year before last, and he didn't hit as many home runs this year. Elvis knows that the average has got to be up. Um, I think that Elvis gets a bad shake because I think, honestly, Elvis's most valuable position is probably batting seven or eight in the lineup. You have Elvis Andrus hitting seven or eight the way he hits now. You've got a stout lineup, and that's a good place for Elvis to be. But when you're sitting him in the two-hole, he's got to be better than that. He's got to go up. So that's what that's what you're looking at with that, Richard. And 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 so, you know that that's the only thing I can tell you about that. Michael Hathaway, he's one of the Hellraisers from uh, Texas Ranger Hellraiser Club. That's from uh, on the. Uh, uh, one of the Facebook groups. Um, what do you see as the best way to add starting pitching and bullpen help? What names do you possibly see coming? We've talked about that, but what's the best way to add starting pitching? Well, look, I, there's this big misconception. I think, every, look, obviously the best way is to develop your own starting pitching. I don't think what anyone realizes is that's really hard to do. And that's not really done. Look around at the teams. Look at the teams right now that won the that go to the World Series and win the World Series. Look at the World Series champions. Who Max Scherzer, Strasburg was their only uh, starting pitcher that they drafted, and 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 because uh, Morton came from Houston. I mean, the, nobody does that. Look at the Astros, who are thought to be the cream of the crop. Verlander was not a Houston guy, right? Garrett Cole came from the Pirates, right? So I mean, Zach Greinke. Granke started out with the Royals, been with the, you know, Angels. He's been with the Arizona Diamondbacks. So 
everyone thinks that you've got – so the best way would be if you could develop starting pitchers or starting aces all the time, that would be fantastic. But that's normally not not how it happens. The best way to get it – the Rangers have had aces over the years. They've had good aces. Nolan Ryan was an ace. Look at the aces they've had. Cliff Lee was an ace. Cole Hambles was an ace. Hugh Darvish, an ace. I don't care what anyone says about it. Those These guys are legit aces on a staff that the Rangers have had. The Rangers have, in their in my lifetime, I'm 52 years old. I've gone to games since 1974. The only pitcher the Rangers have, I've talked about this before, the only pitcher the Rangers have ever drafted, developed, and who turned into an ace, and he ended up leaving, was Kevin Brown. Out of Georgia Tech, he was taken number four overall, Came up, became an ace with the Rangers. Actually, but he was there when Nolan was there, so he wasn't necessarily the ace of the staff at the time. Kenny Rogers is the second closest person that came up. But the Rangers have developed some starting pitchers that have been good. Derek Holland was good when he came up. Look at that. You know, Derek Holland came up and did a good job. You know, Martin Perez, for all his flaws that he had, he's had good outings as a starting pitcher. He's made a career in the, in the major leagues as a pitcher. So the best way... I think to get starting pitchered is through trade or through free agency. That's the best way to get good starting pitching. Um, developing, uh, developing starting pitching, that's the most popular way to do it, but it's not the best way because it's hard to do. For everyone that le- – you look in our prospect rankings right now, for everyone that they think is a legit ace, uh, the, the, you know, there's a bunch of names out. Hans Krauss is the top – starting pitching prospect in the Rangers organization. Number two, three on their list, number 60-something in MLB pipeline. I mean, everyone thinks this guy's legit number one starter stuff. He's at low A ball. Um, He's going to go to high A ball, then he's going to go to double A, and those kids are more selective. Those are kids on the verge to going into the pros. He's going to face a lot different batters than he's ever faced before. So, I mean, what it looks like now, I heard this from CJ. CJ Nikowski said this to me. And he said, you know, everyone gets so enamored with your prospects, which is good. We need to be enamored. We need to know what's coming up the pipeline and what's going on. But he goes, man, it's a big jump from down when you're in A-ball getting all the way up to the major leagues and sustaining it. These guys are on a different level that they're facing. You have to be on a different label, a different level by the time you get there. So I don't know. You know what I mean? I just don't know. I mean, in my personal opinion, trade – or free agency is the best way. I would love if we just developed uh, starting pitchers. I think everyone thinks that the, that that's what the uh, the Braves did when the Braves had that rotation. I think one of those was developed. They look a uh, free agent was how they got uh, Maddox. He was a free agent from the Cubs. Um, so I mean, uh, th- these guys are are gotten through trades and end up. Look at Brock Burke if he ends up being one. Look at Kobe Allard if he ends up being a great pitcher. They weren't developed by us. They were developed by the Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays. So, I mean, that, that, that's how you do it. It's through trades, and it's through, um, uh, through trades and through free agency. That's, that's the best way to do it. Okay, Michael, so that, I hope that answers your question. Michael Navarro, we got about four more here. Michael Navarro, do you think the Rangers should focus more toward a long-term plan, long-term plan and accept that the next few years will be a rebuild, rebuilding, or should they be aggressive and try to sign marquee free agents? Okay. So, I think in this situation, I don't, I don't know where you're at on this, but they are already far along in a rebuild, my personal opinion. I think there are a lot of people that think that John Daniels has just failed the last two years, and so maybe we need to tear this thing apart and go. He hasn't. And he hasn't if you've paid attention. If you're not paying attention to John Daniels, John Daniels' message, and what the Rangers' message has been, then you don't know that he said two years ago, 
I'm looking to compete for a wild start wild card in 2020. That's when we want to we when we want to do it. We're going to start rebuilding now. I give us two years, 2020s, when I think we should be competing for a wild card. So in that situation, no, we don't need to tear it down and start a complete rebuild. I think we're close. I think we're there. Yes, we've got some holes to fill. Now it's time to fill them. Last year, everyone got so mad at John Daniel when he came out right after the season ended in 2018. Right after it ended, they talked to him about what they were going to do the offseason. He said, we're not going to be big free agent players. We're just not going to be. We're not going to go in and, and uh, uh, spend a lot of money. We will spend more money going into the new stadium. Well, then when they didn't go out and sign all these marquee free agents last year, everybody got up in arms and got mad about it. And I kept saying, did you not listen to what he said? He said they weren't going to go do it. Now, last year, he did some reclamation projects. He had three guys coming off Tommy John. He had Shelby Miller. He had uh, – he had uh, – my mind's going blank. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, all three of them failed miserably. Um, what's his name that used to be uh, uh, Volquez uh, got hurt from the beginning, came back at the very end of the year, just wanted to stay. And then uh, from the Cubs, the, the, we took him on and, and for the money so that they would, they would pick up the option for Cole Hamels. Um, uh, you know, it, all three of them failed miserably. And, but they were reclamation. If they had hit on any of them, if they had pitched the way that they have pitched in the past, it could have been a wonderful year for, uh, for John Daniel. And what, see, what people don't get on John Daniel, he's done this a couple of times. He went, it, he went to uh, – when he signed Minor and he signed Lynn, these were two guys also that had had some injuries that were coming back, starting to look better and pitch good, and he signed them to multi-year deals. He knew these guys were on the verge of doing – he only signed one-year deals on those three last year and, 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 and knew that, hey, if we hit on them, maybe someone we can extend and they would give us some discount to sign them up for the next couple of years, worked with them during the season. If not, you were only out what they were on that first year. So that marquee free agents to go with it, um, let's see, um, or should they be aggressive and try to sign some marquee free agents? That's what I think they should do. Now, I want to go out and I want to see them spend $80 million, but, you know, they're not going to. Um, I think the salary, the tax on the luxury tax is $206 million payroll. I think they're down in the 140 to 50 range right now. Um, but you've got club options to pick up, which you're going to raise that to where you – I think uh, Evan Grant said they're not looking to spend more than about 30 extra million dollars right now. Uh I think that's got to go higher. I think it's got to be more in the 40-50 range that they need to spend. They'll still stay under the luxury tax, and there are some free agents to get. I'd like to sign, see them sign some big free agents. If not, I mean, there's all the talk about um, Josh Young, uh, uh, Davis Wenzel. we got Shirt and Apostle. These are some third basemen that are right on the cusp of possibly getting up here. Do we want to sign a long-term deal? Hell yeah, we want to sign a long-term Yeah, I'll sign Rendon right now, and I'll take it for eight years, and then I'll worry about Josh Young when he gets here. Maybe Josh Young will headline a trade at the trade deadline for some starting pitcher we need. I don't care. I mean, if I've got Rendon at third, I don't need Josh Young. He's expendable to me. So that's me personally. I say if you can go get the guy that can secure a position for you the next – it's great to be backed up with these guys in the minor leagues. And if Josh Young's tearing it up and he's going – you know, if Josh Young is, is, is hitting 380 with 25 home runs and it just looks like he – well, then, my God, he plays second base. He could play shortstop. He can also play first base. They're going to find a way for Josh Young to play in the major leagues if that's the case. So that's something that, that you just can't – you know, you can't uh, – you can't 
say, well, we just need someone to fill the gap until Josh Young. Josh Young hadn't played against above Hickory. He's got to get above Hickory and let's see how he plays. Okay, so he's, he's going to face a lot better pitching. Um, and he's very selective at the plate, but he doesn't have a lot of power. He needs to develop some power. Anyway, okay, let's go on to the next one. Three more. Co- Cody Moat. Cody Moat. If you were GM for a day and could sign one player, who would it be and how much? Rendon. I think that's the way I'd go. Um, I would go Rendon. I think I would go Rendon at about uh, six years. Six years at about $200 million, And I would have a seventh-year option. Uh, so six years at, at uh, $200 million, We're looking at, what, 28 30, See, so that's about $33, $35 million. I'm, I'm not a math guy. Anyway, I don't mind paying that for Rendon. I think he's some, somewhat like uh, – uh, his attitude in the locker room and all of that, I think Rendon is a uh, kind of like Beltre. So that's the one free agent I would go sign. Um, I would love Garrett Cole. I think he's going to be too expensive. Um, and, you know, can he keep it up? I don't know. He, he certainly hasn't shown any signs that he's going down. He hasn't shown any injury signs, anything like that. But that's that's who I think. If I had to choose one, I would go Rendon. I think there's other starting pitching out there we can get for cheaper to go with the two good pitchers we have. Uh, the bullpen's not bad. I know everyone wonders about what they're going to do. Uh, Sean Kelly's gone now. Nate Jones is gone now. Uh, but we've got others coming up. We've got Demarcus Evans. You got Joe Barlow. You've got people that you can turn into long men. Uh, I think Jonathan Hernandez can be a good bullpen piece. So there's there's players there that can do the job. Um, the rotation's what you need. And and uh, I think if I signed Rendon, I would have money to spend on some good starting pitching, and we it would be a changed team going into the offseason. Uh, David Broyles. Uh, this one, uh, this one was an interesting one. Uh, will Josh Hamilton be kicked out of the Rangers Hall of Fame if he is found guilty or pleads down for child abuse? I'm paraphrasing there, but that's kind of what he asked. Um, um, this is a sad story, and I tell you what, I think I think this is turning out to be a true story. Um, I look at it from a perspective of the timeline and what's happened. And let me answer your question first. I think they seriously got to consider it. I think they have to consider it. I mean, look, that's that's child abuse. Um, whether it's as bad as what the kids are saying or whatever, it's child abuse. If you've got it on your record, um, there's a point where you have to look at pulling him out of the Ranger Hall of Fame. The sad thing is I'm really scared that it's true, and I'll tell you um, – uh, oh, He's asking, hang on, I got one question here talking about free agents. What's, what about a new catcher? You know, I answered that one. You just joined a little bit later. I answered it earlier when they were talking about You know what, I'm going to come back to that one. Let me finish what my thought about Josh Hamilton, then I'll go back to your question about the catcher. Um, look, so Josh Hamilton, It was supposedly this happened September 29th when the incident happened with Josh Hamilton, okay? So you go to September 29th, very early very early in October, they're talking like the first few days, Josh's ex-wife, who's a little nuts um, in my opinion, uh, Katie, files a restraining order against Josh towards one of the kids. So it does that. So what does that normally do? You go file a restraining order in Keller in Tarrant County. What's that going to do? That means they're going to go in and they are going to do an investigation. Well, when this all broke, it was the day before Halloween, so it's the 30th. We're talking two or three weeks later. They went in. I think investigators started doing an investigation. That means if they're doing their job, they start talking to the other girls, the sisters. And from whatever the sisters said or whatever they said, it corroborated the story, and there was an arrest warrant issued. That tells me that 
even if it didn't quite happen the way that the one daughter said, it happened enough that the other sisters and the other daughters said, yeah, she's not lying. Um, and in, so unless Katie's got some conspiracy with all of them to, uh, to do this, um, look, you got you to just assume that it happened. And that's sad. I, I love Josh Hamilton. I loved him as a player. I love the story. He's fighting some major demons. I pray and hope that this isn't true. I'm really thinking it is. And it doesn't mean I'm going to hate Josh Hamilton. It means that I'm going to be praying for Josh Hamilton and hope he can get his life straight and, and have a life with his kids and do that and get back to where he was when he was playing and he and he turned his life towards Christ. That's my belief, so I'm not trying to pass that on anybody. I, I hope he can get back on that. Um, but if he does get convicted of something like this, um, you know, I don't. I wouldn't want O.J. Simpson to be in my Hall of Fame. Um, so I wouldn't want Josh Hamilton to be. I'm not comparing him to, to O.J. Simpson. But when you got a stain like that on you, I think that you have to seriously consider it. Now back to the question about starting catching uh, Grandel. You like everyone loves Grandel. Look, it really depends. They what they're going to do and what price they can get them for. They need to spend money somewhere else. I said this earlier. Uh, someone asked about Chirinos after what he did. Chirinos was four million dollars. Grandel was eight million, I believe. Uh, or is gonna he's gonna earn far in excess of that. That's someone great to look at to bring in, but with the Rangers needing bigger, worse holes to fill at third base, starting pitching, maybe first base. Obviously, second base is a question. Uh, center field is a question. There's a lot of things to do. I don't think catcher's a pressing need, especially the way that Trevino played. Um, Jeff Mathis wasn't supposed to catch 80 games, and he caught close to 80 games. He was supposed to catch about no more than 50. If you got a good starting catcher, a good starting catcher catches about 120 games, 100, 110 to 120 games. Your backup catcher goes in, and he always does those day games after unless they're facing a certain pitcher. He's always there to spell the catcher to give him an extra day. That's what Jeff Mathis was supposed to be. That was not what Jeff Mathis ended up being. Uh, they tried to go with Counter Falifa and Jeff Mathis. That didn't work. Then they went with Math, uh, went with Fedorovich, and then they brought Trevino up at the end of the year to give him a show, and he, he did well. Um, I, I'm happy with what Trevino did, especially behind the plate. Now, the reason I'm still wondering about that is we got a guy that's in high A right now named Sam Huff who had an unbelievable year hit 28 home runs, and he's a big six foot five guy, but you got to understand what he did. He threw out over 40% of the base runners that were stealing, close to 50%. I mean, for a big guy to throw out that many base runners, I mean, that's that's not bad. And he hit 28 home runs. His ops was well over 800. He was over 1,000 in Hickory, I think, and ended up uh, close to 900 overall for the year because he played the second half in Down East. Um, at Down East, if he starts out at Down East and ends up at Hickory, that's a catcher that might be here. If he's doing what he's doing by halfway in the year, you know, Mathis might turn into a – you know, unless Mathis turns into a full-time coach and retires, he's going to be here next year. They're on the hook for him for $3 million. So I don't think the money that they want to spend is going to be for someone like a Grandel. Thanks for the question there on that one. That was a real short one that came up real quick. Um, last question I've got. It was another one uh, from uh, Hathaway. And if you guys want to throw one out real quick, I don't mind trying to answer it. Um, what do you think about trading Odor and moving Santana and Solak to second base? This was uh, Michael Hathaway again. What do you think about trading Odor, moving uh, Santana or Solak to second base? Um, boy. This is a loaded question. Um, I have defended Odor this year. I have also trashed Odor this year. Um, I've seen Odor in the locker room. 
He's loved by everybody. They all love him. Um, I've seen him way before practice working, but you can't have a starting second baseman hitting the way Odor hit. But there's some signs of Santana that were troubling. Look what happened towards the end of the year with Santana. He had an amazing year. And I think Santana is someone they're looking at possibly being a center fielder uh, or maybe a third baseman if they don't sign somebody. Um, but Santana was dropped by two teams. Um, from He was with Milwaukee. They, they got rid of him. Atlanta had him. They got rid of him. The Rangers signed him on a minor league deal. He had the heck of the year. He's under our control um, as long as he stays in the major leagues. We can't, we can't uh, demote him. He's actually – you'd have to designate him for assignment if you were going to get rid of him. Um, he played all the positions around the infield except shortstop, I think, this year. Um, the other one was Nick Solak. Um, Solak looked great. Man, the guy is he is a masher at the plate. He looks comfortable at the plate. Looks far more comfortable at the plate than Odor does. Uh, the problem with Solak is he's not a good defender. Everyone will tell you that. All the scouting reports say that Solak's not a good defender. Um, so I don't I don't know if that's the answer. Um, Odor's an issue. Who would take Odor? I mean, you there are some teams that might possibly. I think there was some talk about the Cubs might be looking to trade off some people. Maybe they would take on Odor um, if we took on some of their big big contracts, which is something to watch for. We'll see when the offseason really gets kicking and what we can do there. Uh, but I, I'm not I'm not necessarily sold. I'm not necessarily sold on Santana and Solak at second base full-time. I'm just not. I, I still think there's a reason that Santana, I mean, maybe he's figured it out at 28, 29 years old. That that happens. Um, but he will be under our control. Um, so he'll be on this team as long as he keeps it up. And if so, uh, and, and I've said this all along, I think going into spring training, I don't think there's a way, I don't see someone taking on Odor. But I think going into spring training, I, I honestly do think going into spring training, that uh, that 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 Odor will be the starting catcher going or going second baseman going into spring training, but he'll be on the shortest leash ever. And most people go, "Oh no, that's crap!" Because they look what they did with him this year. We weren't in any sort of contention after the All Star break. We started falling out of it. The Rangers started falling out of it. At that point, they wanted to see if they could get him back on track, get him going, get what he's doing. Uh, I talked to him after this after it was over with. Um, I did talk to, to Odor. I was there when he, the people were talking to him after the last game. Uh, it was the, I'm sorry, the game before the last game because uh, after the last game was all the festivities when they were moving everything over. Um, but he basically laid it out and he said he knows what he's got to do. He understands what he's got to do. He understands that he's got to uh, get better, that it's not he, he's not playing well enough for what he's doing. Um, so, I mean, you know, he – he knows, he and he knows that if he doesn't get moved, he wouldn't probably wouldn't surprise him if he got moved this off season. But he also knows that his job isn't secure going into spring training. Um, you know, I that's one of I, I love John Daniels. I think he's done a great job. That was one of his worst signings was was extending him. Um, although if he plays where he's capable, he's pretty cheap at second base. Um, but I do like. I do like Odor. I'm really pulling for him. But, you know, they're they're supposed to compete next year. They'll be in this thing, I hope, going up into September playing for a wild card spot at least. And if they're doing that, he's got to be better or he's going to lose the job. And Solak may be the one. Uh, Solak better than Santana. I think Solak is a better hitter than Santana. It's my opinion. Uh, he's a right-handed bat also. The problem with Solak, he's kind of like a Calhoun. Where are you going to play him? 
uh, Calhoun has has really come on as an outfielder and did well. Um, and so I'm, I'm I'm pretty proud of the way he he really worked on it and became a better outfielder and he secured that left field spot. Uh, but you know I would I would love to see. A, a good solid, you know, if they signed Howie Kendrick, like I said earlier, that somebody's played second base uh, before. But if Odor, I hope Odor is is making that position not be a worry. Um, that's what my hope is. But I don't know, and that we'll see. Okay, guys, that is the uh, that is winter upon us. That's the winter one. This is the first one going into the off season. We're going to have some new ones that are coming up. I'm, it's not going to be every week. Can't do it every week in the off season. Uh, we got to have some stories, some lines to go through. Um, I, listen uh, again. I wanted to thank everybody. Go follow me at, at Ranger Nation Podcast at Ranger Nation Pod uh, for the Ranger Nation Podcast. Go follow Dallas Sports Nation D A L Sports Nation. Uh, go there and you can see everything that, that that we're doing as far as all your DFW sports. But I want to thank every. Everybody for for because of y'all we were able to get the the credentials and we were able to go to the games this year i'm going to wrap this one up and uh and look for some shows and i'll promote them before they go on uh we'll have some guests coming on i think we're going to try to do a little bit of a round table we've talked about doing a winter meeting with some of the other uh, bloggers from uh from uh, heath chriswell and those guys from uh over at prospect times and that so guys thanks thanks for listening Thanks for uh, uh, all you do in supporting it. Uh, uh, you know, let us know anything you want to talk about at any time. And like I say, at the end of every article I write, and at the end of every show, nerd out. <laughs>